Little Closet All regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie. I have a brand new guest. I have Jocelyn Wolf on. She's a graduate of Goucher College and attended the John Hopkins University. She is a global goodwill ambassador as well. Awardee She Economy Conference in Bangladesh and presenter on how fake news erodes the social fabric, recipient of various journalism fellowships and civic awards, former commissioner with the Women's Commission in her resident state of Maryland. Thiver of domestic violence, marital rape, and extreme narcissistic abuse. Byproduct of an indifferent family court, the cruel purveyors of family disintegration and parental alienation as demonstrated in the case with her eldest daughter. Author of a children's book, playwright, and creator of Circle Sacks by Jay and Company TM, publisher of Focus on Woman's Magazine, intern supervisor to students interested in journalism. She's a mother of two daughters, one who is 23, who has been painfully alienated from her since she was 15, as her father stated when they parted that it would be worth it to see her suffer and another daughter that she has who is age 18. Instrumental in getting legislation passed in her um, state and signed into law by the governor, which is now a case study in a high school civics textbook. Recently in 2021, Jocelyn gave testimony on behalf of domestic violence bill that would require most parties of the court to report abuse and neglect in cases of domestic violence. And I welcome you to the show, Jocelyn. You have gone through so much and you're so talented. You know, how does this, you know, happen to you? You know, when you left, he wanted you to suffer. Well, I don't, um, I used to see it like, how is this happening? But I now look at it as why not it happening because it helped mold and sculpt me into the person I am today. The person who um, goes into, um, delves into areas that can help those women who are least among us, particularly ones who have been damaged by the family court and domestic violence. Um, and also, um, why not me? Because it's also helped me pay forward whenever I can, young people, particularly young females, and building them up through the internship that I offer through the magazine and helping to um, bring out their greatness and um, help them build on their self-esteem. So I did, at one point, I was at that place where it was, why me? But now I'm at that place, well, why not me? Because again, it helped mold me to who I, as to who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's as if advocacy chose you, you know, whether you liked it or not. Sure. Um, I never thought that I would, one, um, be involved in family court advocacy and domestic violence and um, children's safety advocacy. But it were those experiences that I um, faced in the family court, um, which created um, what I used to refer to as a slow motion of a tragedy, a slow moving tragedy. Um, It created a trajectory from um, my 
my ex being extremely abusive um, physically, mentally uh, to me and the children, and it being noted by a court evaluator um, who was uh, appointed by the judge who gave my ex a free pass. Um, so those kinds of things um, have helped um, my, um, I guess, navigation towards advocacy in the area of both domestic violence, um, well, actually a trio, um, the triad of domestic violence, the family court, and keeping children safe from abusers. And even that's difficult to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, After spending literally $200,000 in the court, um, after um, having to give up part of my pension to a man who um, clearly um, did not uh, reveal all of his um, assets because uh, I later discovered that there was an account that he never revealed. Also, he had changed the account with the same bank, which I don't understand four or five times. Um, and and uh, that's behavior that someone would engage in if they were hiding assets. So um, that clearly wasn't was an issue. Um, my daughter, him playing fast and loose with the custody order, um, violating the custody order and playing on her emotions. Um, he was he's very good uh, being the narcissist that he is. He's very good at polarizing. And um, he took a normal um, developmental uh, stage in a mother-daughter relationship um, and exploited it into a full-fledged war, um, saying, oh, your mom's crazy. I understand you. Come with me. So, you know, she was um, manipulated into making, Mm -hmm. uh, choosing sides. And also, you know, kids that age of 15, they want to, as much freedom as they can have. And um, he indeed provided um, untethered, mm-hmm. uh, 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 un- untethered freedom. Uh, in fact, it was noted in a court order report that um, there was alcohol and underage kids drinking in this home. Uh, he even admitted in a uh, and I'm surprised the principal didn't report this, but he admitted in a teacher conference, parent-teacher conference, that um, when it was noted that the younger daughter had THC in her urine, he said, well, what can I do? I can't do anything about the older daughter. I can't do anything about the older daughter. So um, these things were brought to the attention of the court. And we had a judge who said, okay, I'm just pretty much I'm going to punt. I'm going to make an executive decision. She literally said she's making an executive decision and he, um, the, the case would be postponed for another year. And at that time she would age out and make her decision. But also he would allow the drugs and the alcohol to go on in the house and, the, and friends would come over of hers, underage kids, as I mentioned. And of course they were smoking marijuana as well. Um, there were pictures um, accounts of it um, from others. So uh, the uh, untethered um, uh, freedom that he allowed, uh, in my estimation, was to keep her pliant, but also later 
her self-esteem was so low that she actually uh, was involved in, um, with 99% certainty, uh, some kind of trafficking and some escorting as well. Um, so um, these were all um, problems and which uh, stem from a trajectory of neglect. Because another thing that I want to add is that my ex was um, charged with neglect. And he was also um, noted by Child Protective Services to have injured a toddler. And he was arrested for domestic violence. So those, that triad of events should have never allowed him to have untethered full uh, custody of the older child and share custody with the younger child. I often wonder how these judges make these decisions so haphazardly. Sure. With are total they, disregard for the child. Disregard. And, you know, a lot of them are refusing to look at evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And in Maryland, at 16, you can decide who you want to live with. And a lot of my daughter's um, issues stem from her overexposure to social media. She was meeting boys online. Um, she, uh, a lot of it stemmed from just an overexposure to social media. And that was one of um, our uh, points of discord that her dad uh, would interfere with and allow her still untethered access, even though he knew what dangers would belie her, had belied her. He still, nonetheless, um, when I turned her phone off, he purchases a new phone. So she has more access to um, the uh, uh, risk and, 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 the, and the dangers uh, on social media. And at that age. Oh, sure. He got her away so easily because I'm sure he said what, probably what my ex said is, I'll buy you whatever you see. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, you know, something else that was noted in the court order in the court from the court uh, reporter or not, excuse me, the court evaluator was he was taking the girls to Victoria's Secret to get clothes. And what dad takes his 15 year old to Victoria's Secret to get clothes. Um, and the younger one was younger than that. She was like uh, maybe 12. And um then, you know, there were some other things where I later found where he had taken nude pictures of the girls posing and they were old enough to bathe themselves. Mm -hmm. um, there was another incident where he had taken literally nude pictures of, of one of the girls and very, very a series of them in threes. Um, so, you know, all of these things indicated that he should have never had full physical custody of the older one. And full physical custody for him meant full custody completely because he still did what he could to make sure I didn't see her on certain days, holidays, Mother's Days, all of those things. Now, in some, some parents' orders, the judge will write absolutely no holidays if they're really creeps. And so you were allowed to see them on certain holidays, but your ex just prevented it. 
Oh yeah. He would create a scenario where mm-hmm. they were not available. They were with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't um, spend time with me. Um, he would just sort of farm them out or have some kind of activity planned for them. So they would not be with me on certain mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Or probably even a bother to him. You oh know. yeah, absolutely. Cause he had a girlfriend who oftentimes he spent the weekend with in another county and the girls would pretty much be alone to go to their own devices he wasn't there like to take them on college visits or anything like that none of that yeah that's and that went on for how many years well i was in court from with him from 2013 until 2021 and this last time he oh oh by the way my ex is a lawyer and mm-hmm. um and he's on the attorney grievance board, no less. Um, so, yeah, litigation with him went on for more than 10 years. Uh, uh, yeah, more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we were, um, we separated in 2011. So we were in court from 2000. We divorced in 2013. So it's probably 2011 to 2021. Mm-hmm. That's when the court proceedings began. And that's also when the legal abuse started. Oh, absolutely. Um, When we divorced, uh, there was um, an agreement that he was supposed to remove all of the items from the home. And that was in 2013. And he had 30 days to do that. He was also supposed to sign a quick claim deed, which he, um, and he had like 60 days to do that. And he never did it. So the, I had a, a lousy lawyer in the beginning, and she, um, she, I think also a, a lesson learned, and this is just a cautionary tale. When you're in a desperate state, um, state of mind, it always helps to have someone else with you who can help you um, with making, using discernment when it comes to your legal case. And I didn't use much discernment. I just blindly believed in this person who was my attorney. And she um, suggested, she also was friendly with his attorney. And I even saw a text message um, where she was saying, well, can it get any worse? And she's talking to his attorney. Um, So sort of kind of like making light or um, just sort of, um, yeah, making light of the two of us or, it, it just, it, it was just not okay, you know, to um, mm-hmm. have that kind of email going back and forth with his attorney. But also my um, ex was, his attorney was never supposed to represent him either because he knew a lot of information about our personal life. In fact, I confided in his attorney about our personal life. His children have come to, his child came to our home for a birthday party of one of my daughters. And I confided in him, hoping a friend could mend another friend. And I had emails that showed, hey, look, you know, they're friendly. This is a conflict of interest. He really shouldn't be representing him. And my attorney didn't like seek that out. And but my ex knew that he wasn't supposed to represent him, and his attorney knew who he wasn't supposed to represent him. Um, so, in terms of vexatious litigation, I had to 
get him to compel him to sign the quick claim deed in two and like years later, or I would have been forced to sell my home. Um, so he was waiting and waiting and waited until the very last minute to sign off on it. And um, then he decided, oh, I want to get the remainder of my things in from your home. And that was something he violated and he wasn't, you know, having him in my space and having him take things out of the home, it was just too overwhelming. So I just had hired a, uh, had to hire someone to take his remaining dresser to his home and, and there was a table and um, that would in itself was inexpensive. And not only that, when they dropped it off, he wanted them to take it to the up, upper quarters and um, prepare to assemble it and, you know, those sort of things. So all of those were examples, I think, of vexatious litigation where he could, he was supposed to have signed off the quick claim deed. He was supposed to have removed the items from the home and he did not. Um, and then there were other things taking me to court over child support last year, mm. claiming he was, um, claiming he was, uh, uh, furloughed and indeed um, someone uh, called reached out to him and, who I know and they and he indeed said he was still working for the firm and he was not furloughed and his boss confirmed that so he even false he, he falsely filed a motion in court so just all the things that he's managed to get away with it's just astounding mm -hmm. but at the same time the vexatious litigation and the coercive control of having to come back into the home years after he was supposed to remove the items um, and then using the children as pawns mm -hmm. um, frequently. Um, my youngest one was in a um, an IB program and instead of he and his girlfriend making sure that when I requested that she complete assignments prior to uh, during her vacation, some close to her coming to school, and over the weekends, he would just blindly just take her away at her, you know, his girlfriend's beach home and uh, another state over and not encourage her to do her homework and, you know, encourage her to have a boyfriend come visit and all of those things and not focus on her studies. And it was a critical time because she was in high school and, um, you know, that, and, and again, uh, another example of coercive control, um, not wanting what was best for the, his own children. That's, that, mm -hmm. that's the thing that was the most shocking is letting them suffer on purpose mm -hmm. because that was a, his means of getting back at, at me. I think that's just absolutely disgusting. And um, a lot of them <clears throat> are doing this. This is what minded to me as well you know, they want custody, but then they don't want the responsibility of actually caring for the children. Right. You know, braces. Otherwise, mm -hmm. they really, they, they just want to make sure that you're worrying and you're upset over mm -hmm. things that aren't mm -hmm. being done for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's interesting you talk about braces because in our court, um, the, when we were in court, he tells the judge, oh, I have to pay for my daughter's braces. He left the braces on my daughter's teeth for seven years. She didn't get them out until she was 19. 
So for him to be provide oversight over her braces, indeed, that was not the case. Um, It's just, again, it's it's astounding Um, from, you know, the, the, the abuse, the court, uh, who uh, the court, this family court that enabled. And also we had um, a best interest attorney, which we didn't need because, you know, there was, um, there was uh, child pornography involved mm-hmm. in this case with my ex and, and my daughters. And um, we requested that we not have a best interest attorney. His, his, his side requested that he had one. And it turns out that he, the best interest attorney's husband was my ex's former constitutional law professor. And not just that, she even said her hands were tied in this case. And she said it to a court evaluator who eventually quit because she just couldn't take the, 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 all that, you know, was taking place. She couldn't maintain a moral compass and still be bear witness to what was going on in that court. She was one of the better ones because mm-hmm. I've heard nightmares about others. I think there's more nightmares about the other ones. There's very few good ones with a conscience. Yeah. And I think that that may have given her the impetus to leave uh, because of that. Yeah, I remember I was talking to an attorney that, you know, my son needed braces and mm-hmm. um the attorney told me, well, the judge doesn't care if your kid needs braces. Yeah. I think, you know, but that's a, you know, you can say that's dental, but that also bridges onto a physical, could be a physical condition. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they don't care. No, no, no. So it was, uh, it, it, it was, it was harrowing and it's still difficult because my youngest daughter, um, she went to Florida. Um, she had it out with her father and her sister, and she just moved to Florida. And he has a sister who has been estranged from him for years. In fact, she has such contempt for him that she didn't even interact with his, with our daughters, with his own children. And mm-hmm. my daughter has reached out to her and is trying to build a relationship. But you would think that she would say, oh, well, you know, why don't you checking with your mom. No, not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's only 20. She's 20 now. And she's in Fort Lauderdale. And of course, I'm very concerned about her. Um, mm-hmm. She has roommates, but nonetheless, you know, I'm not in, in contact with her. And she's another one now. She's estranged. So that's also troubling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wonder why these relatives wouldn't you know, try to get them in contact with you, especially when they, the sister didn't even like her brother. <laughs> exactly. But where she's concerned, if there's any kind of monetary, this is from um, my estimation, if there's any kind of monetary benefit, she would not want to, um, she would not want to, uh, I guess, uh, rock the boat, so to speak, because yeah, she's, she's rather self-serving to be mm-hmm. frank. Although she's told my daughter, she's always liked me. She was my, actually one of my bridesmaids in the wedding, but um, she did say, um, I've heard her say, well, I don't want the relatives to get angry with me if I make this choice. So it's probably that too, that she also mm-hmm. wants to stay in 
good standing with him as well. You know, that's just, I still think that is so wrong. Oh, sure. Um, the care for the children should supersede anything. Mm-hmm. And how families turn on each other or mm-hmm. turn on the target parent mm-hmm. when these things happen. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just um, amazes me. They'll, you know, the target parent can be by themselves. Mm-hmm. Relatives aren't checking on them. Even, mm-hmm. and then the relative will say, "Well, you know, we just wanted to give you your privacy." Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. no, that's mm-hmm. when you should be calling someone and saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. do you need to talk?" Or if not, mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, just. And also it's funny because, you know, when you're in this kind of relationship with such a malignant narcissist, there are others who are their flying monkeys, including your own family members. Mm -hmm. And that's even shocking. I remember um, being invited to a family event and I wasn't even told that he would be there. I wasn't even told I couldn't make it anyway, unfortunately, but I could, Mm -hmm. but because I was exposed to COVID and I couldn't, I wouldn't want to run the risk of spreading it but no one mentioned to me mm-hmm. you know he's going to be there with his girlfriend no one said mm-hmm. anything I don't care about him being there with the girlfriend it's just when he's in my space there are triggers because I've been affected mm-hmm. I've been ill affected by all of this and there's some trauma so I know that that would have been very problematic for me mm-hmm. yeah I I'm very disappointed in uh, family members as well. Um, my my friends were uh, more supportive than my mm-hmm. own family was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I found that to be the case as well. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God for close friends. I'm yeah. very glad God gave me very close friends. Sure. And yeah. people who cared enough and understood and Mm-hmm. were with you all the time mm-hmm. through the through, from the beginning to the end they some of my friends even came to court on the days I was in court with this man mm. and relatives will say well you too you got having the war of the roses it uh. goes beyond that far beyond that you can use cliches and you can use you know these trite expressions to assign to you know someone's um struggle and go and and divorcing a narcissist Mm -hmm. and clearly they're not applicable Mm -hmm. yeah they don't know people aren't aware if they haven't dealt with a narcissist yeah they don't know uh what they're dealing with sure and and aware is a good uh term that you use because they do in the vernacular come at you at unawares Mm-hmm. and unawares you completely blindsided you have no idea of what they're take what what the agony is that you're feeling after you've interacted with them until you fully understand mm-hmm. who they are and what they've done and how you've been affected and they also and there's things like you'd want to warn your kids about this sure, sure. because there's going to be more narcissists coming around than than say 20 years ago yeah and yeah. i don't know if people don't realize this is what's going to happen that's why we have all these problems with people is that uh-huh. they've got certain levels of narcissism mm-hmm. to them sure absolutely and it'd be nice to warn my kids but you know mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny because like my daughter was pretty much groomed for this and mm-hmm. she's in a relationship with someone or she was, I don't know if she still is because I'm not in contact with her, but she was in a relationship with this kid, with this guy who was beating her. And he's like the brother of a professional football player. And somehow she feels that, oh, if she's connected to him, that, you know, that gives her, um, that makes her more, feel more esteemed or what have, what have you. But, you know, and, and, and just to give you a case in point of how he treats her, uh, one particular time she's in a, at a, she went, goes to the islands with him and he's driving a golf cart in a very reckless way. Mm-hmm. And she falls out of the golf cart and then breaks her two front teeth and mm-hmm. has like road burns on her arms. And of course she's still with him, still hanging out with him, you know, and that is even encouraging the relationship. Did he pay for her dental work? No, I pay for it. She's still on my insurance. Mm-hmm. I'm still paying for her. Um, uh, I'm still paying for her medical bills. She's on my insurance. Mm. I don't know. I mean, there are people who said I would just take her off. I would just do this. But, you know, it, I feel that the alienated child, it's very difficult. It's mm-hmm. very hard being an alienated child. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of shame that they have. I'm sure that there's, um, they've been um, gaslighted quite a bit. I'm sure there's a lot of confusion. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it's hard to give her the benefit of the doubt of discernment. And also we know from neuroscience that their brains aren't quite developed. So they don't at that age have a sense of discernment that you and I would have from experience, from life experiences. So she could make. Yeah. But their, their brains aren't even going to develop even, I would even say 32. I know they're saying 25, 26, but I'd even go longer than that. Well, also brain is. Yeah. Well, they've been traumatized too. So Mm -hmm the trauma would also have its impact on the cognitive development of the brain. Mm -hmm. And the fact that my ex, my daughter reportedly has ADHD and he allowed her to smoke marijuana at at a young age, that's also another impediment to her brain being mature Mm -hmm. and developing appropriately because it's the worst thing you can do to a kid with ADHD is to give Mm -hmm. them unfettered access to marijuana. Yeah. And Child Protective Services, by the way, did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Charged mm-hmm. him with neglect, but never you addressed the previous time when he admitted to harming an, a, ch- a toddler. Literally, he squeezed my youngest daughter's leg so hard, he left a mark because she was having a tantrum. He stops the car, screams at her, tells her to shut up, and then he squeezes her, squeezes her leg until, until it bruises. And Child mm-hmm. Protective Services noted that. And he says, oh, it was a one-time thing. And they just, you know, shrugged it under the rug. And then when he's later on, he's charged with neglect, shrug it under the rug. And they've been, doctors have reported him mm-hmm. to Child Protective Services. Counselors have reported him to Child Protective Services. My youngest one reportedly was being coerced into using drugs in his house. 
counselor reported him and nothing was done. They actually contacted, uh, uh, did the investigation a year later, a year later. You know, they don't, I, I don't have any respect for CPS. So, mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Uh, you know, because there was an incident with my uh, middle one mm -hmm. and he actually had the courage to go talk to the school counselor mm -hmm. who was a mandated reporter. Mm -hmm. sure. And I followed up on it like two weeks later and CPS's answer was, well, you know, everyone has different parenting styles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you can whip a water bottle at, at your child and mm -hmm. take him by the back of the neck. And I guess that's your parenting style. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm and, sure that child was severely punished for coming out and being, you know, out, um, mm -hmm. coming forward with what happened to him because he had to go back to, to deal with his abusive dad. And he mm -hmm. probably normalizes it, which is what my girls have done. They have normalized abuse. Yeah, this is very bad for our future children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And but but you know what we could do collectively, because we could have an impact if we're if we if it's organized and strategic. But what we could do collectively is make certain that when these cases come forward, that these people in the court be mandated reporters. There should not be a finite specific number of people who have to be mandated reporters. The moment that judge or that best interest attorney knew about child pornography, they should have been a mandated reporter and they should have intervened the way they should. But, you know, there's a child who's been lost as a result of this. And it's so unfortunate. Ninth grader. It's just mm -hmm. been, it's, it's, it's just awful. And my, and my ex allowed my daughter to hang out with this, spend a night with this ninth grader. And you know, who knows, it still haunts me to this day, but I couldn't help this kid. And there was no help. I thought speaking up about it would help this kid, but it was all ignored and swept under the rug. You know, and I'm wondering, kid. why didn't the judge turn that over to criminal with the child pornography? At least that. You know, I, I as I mentioned, my ex is on the attorney grievance board. And I, I'm not, sh I, I think that's sort of like a connection where judges are concerned, mm -hmm. but um, I totally agree with you why that wasn't given, why that wasn't turned over criminally. But I want to tell you what this judge did also. My ex um, forged my signature on a tax return. So he had the, he whited out the address and had it rerouted to his PO box number. Then he forced my check, his signature on a check, and my my signature on a check, and deposited into his his account only. And I'm not even an, I don't even I'm not even um, an account holder at the same bank where he did this. This is the bank where he changed his uh, account numbers four or five times. So he I I did report this to the authorities. And he was supposed to appear in criminal court. Well, they bumped mm -hmm. the case to family court and dropped it. Mm -hmm. Now, I called the attorney general's office and they said that wasn't supposed to happen. They never heard of a criminal case being bumped up to family court and being dropped. Well, that mm -hmm. judge who was the administrative judge, and I would have to have permission to get a change of venue from her, um, 
she's the one who dropped she she was instrumental in getting it dropped and he he said that i reported it so i could win a custody battle but he was believed so many of these stories that i'm hearing it's 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 almost like you're hearing the same story but a different scenario absolutely and you know these kids are going to be messed up oh absolutely <laughs> and now my ex has uh, his girlfriend is a, a family law attorney so she enter enter she insinuates herself into the life of my daughters and helping them make decisions and things like that and that's even problematic oh yeah and she doesn't have kids of her own right oh yeah she's got five kids of her own oh god yeah okay i understand they don't live all they don't all live here but i understand she has five kids of her own oh man maybe she feels she has to compensate for something who knows yeah uh or it's just a um a but it could be play. a response of being you know a flying monkey of a narcissist too mm-hmm mm-hmm I don't know. I mean, I personally, I would never intervene or, or insert myself in a relationship between parents and their children. Yeah, of course not. You know, um, I don't know. Some people maybe don't have the class that we have. Right, right. Yeah. But, you know, how, how dare they insert mm-hmm. themselves? Mm-hmm. And uh, because the problem we had was them having the kids call her mom or mom mummy mm. the, the 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 british mum mm. um and it's like no mm. Mm. Uh, and you and the attorneys can't and, stop it by the way um they are notorious for not having the best teeth by the way so just yeah like, right <laughs> <laughs> they among themselves note that among themselves yes <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Funny you should say that (laughs) (laughs) from our previous conversation earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I um, spent one um, winter break in uh, London with, um, it was called Plan. It was with uh, Goucher College. And we um, had to write a paper on the British parliament, but mostly women involved in the British parliament and their positions and things like that. So I, um, of course they had the best scones, um, but uh, the thing that someone had noted who was, um, of course, from, from there um, said that. So just to let you know, yeah, <laughs> one of, it came yeah. from one of their own. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, it just, uh, why some women do that. I don't know. Right. You know, it just, it's mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hmm. so now what, where you're at now, everything basically is settled down. Yes and no. Uh, of course, I'm very concerned about the youngest daughter and I'm concerned yeah. about the oldest one as well. Um, I've noted that the oldest one is frequently seeing uh, getting therapy, but that concerns me because my ex used to corner me. I remember this um, in my laundry room. And he would threaten and say, I'm going to get you committed. And he even said Whoa. to me, now this is a man who the court evaluator said needed to continue his psychotropic drugs. Now he took mm-hmm. four, a cocktail of four of them a day. And one he had to take four times a day. 
And there was antipsychotic, something to help his bipolar, something to help his, um, his, uh, I think I said one was antipsychotic, one was uh, for his bipolar, it was a mood stabilizer, another one's for anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um, he told the evaluator he no longer needed to take them because he was in a bad marriage and that's why he had to take them initially. So the evaluator said that he needs to go back to start taking his psychotropic drugs. And, you know, his uh, psychiatrist did say that, you know, he needed to, if he wasn't going to continue seeing him, he needed to make certain that he goes and sees another psychiatrist. So Mm -hmm. with that kind of recommendation as something written, you would think that that would be something that he would comply to outside of you know the marriage but of course him being a narcissist is never something he can own up to it's something he can project onto someone else yeah because it's your problem they don't have problems it's it's you're the one with the problem exactly exactly so with my daughter going so frequently to Mm -hmm. see a psychiatrist it troubles me because i'm what a psychologist I'm wondering if he has her some, some kind of hospitalization, you know, and I don't know about it. Uh, he's forced my, he's forced my signature, uh, you know, not just once, but he's done something else where he's, um, you know, gotten into some records that he wasn't supposed to uh, pretended to be me, um, had my discovery information, had my account information paid things out of my account once he had my account information and when I confronted him he said oh it got paid didn't it so the fact that he's that dishonest and Mm -hmm. will go to those great lengths does not surprise me that he would try he could try to do something where my eldest daughter is concerned and I have no idea where she is when he was when he had full uh physical custody of her in high school she had a surgery and I found out because I'm looking at my at a medical statement that comes to me because she's on my insurance. He didn't even tell me that she was in the hospital. <laughs> then she was in the hospital again and she had a lump in her throat. He didn't tell me. My youngest daughter forced him to get on the phone because I'm wondering where the youngest daughter is because she's late. He's in the hospital with the older one. So I, I have to like kind of sneak over there to, to visit with her. She says, mommy, why didn't you visit me when I had surgery the first time? Oh. I, mean, I was speechless. I couldn't say, well, your dad didn't tell me. I wouldn't say that. Here she is in a hospital. Why do I need to add more, you know, angst mm-hmm. to her um, while she's in the hospital? So I didn't say anything. But um, even when, you know, but again, that's a violation of the custody order because of whenever, even though he had full physical, he was supposed to inform me of anything that happens in that mm-hmm. regard. Um, and then violating when she graduated from high school, he took all the uh, tickets and gave them away to everyone else. And I had to s- scrounge and go to the school and get a ticket to go to her high school graduation. So again, he had full physical that wasn't enough, still more coercive control mm-hmm. in those examples that I just cited and further alienating me, taking a swipe at me. And now um, I don't have any contact with him. My partner gets in contact with him. If um, there needs to be any kind of contact, I have no contact at all. And that's what I had to do 
to save myself. Mm -hmm. um, whenever he, I talked to him, he would say, you know, what an awful parent I am. And of course, I know that's not true, but it does dig at me because I, I haven't seen the girls and I, well, I haven't seen the older one and I now see the younger one frequently. So it doesn't mean they don't, they don't carry some kind of bearing when he makes those remarks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just, um, uh, my friend Lynn Steinberg, uh, Dr. Steinberg, she wrote a book called You're Not Crazy. Mm -hmm. And she also talks about narcissism. It's a really good book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you ever want to read a really good book that would explain a lot of this, because when people go into family court, mm -hmm. and they're gaslighted, mm -hmm. and lied to and mm -hmm. everything. And then mm -hmm. the attorney's not helping you either. Yeah. No. In fact, the, the attorney's putting you into a bigger hole than you thought mm -hmm. you were in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, some that, of them can. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. It's good, mm -hmm. it's good to get a lawyer who doesn't like that person or a yeah. lawyer who's an insider. And that was my mistake, not getting a lawyer who was an insider. Mm -hmm. I did at the end and I was told to get this guy in the beginning and I wish I had, but he was, he was good. He was, he, he had the moxie to go up against him. Mm -hmm. um, and also he was an insider too. Insider yeah. meaning that the judges knew him, the judges liked him. Mm -hmm. So you had some kind of favor. Right. Because when, well, see, um, my attorney, you know, he said that, you know, he um, knew this judge real well. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Until I found out he was sending an underling to go argue. He wouldn't do it. Right. No, right, like, why right. wouldn't he do it? Right. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, I don't know. Um, well, obviously, you know, some of these exes know who to pick. They do. And my ex um, wasn't supposed to have the one that he had in the very beginning, but he had to come off of the case because his first attorney, and that was the one who uh, was, you know, clear conflict of interest. And I have the emails to prove it. Um, he, um, he uh, caused a wrongful death of his client um, because he uh, broke an attorney client privilege causing his client to have a hit placed upon him. And then consequently his client was murdered. And he also was extracting sexual favors out of women in lieu of payment. So he was indefinitely suspended from the practice of law. And this attorney um, also was, um, he, he went for an indefinite suspension because if you go for an indefinite suspension, you um, can get reinstated. But if you go, mm -hmm. if you accept being disbarred, then you don't get rebarred. Mm -hmm. But he, um, he, he, uh, he got an indefinite suspension. And later, I found out in an email, his attorney says, "Oh yeah, your husband helped me as much as he could because I told you my ex is on the attorney grievance board. So I wonder how much he helped him as much as he could. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. But." The damage that they did to my, to that he uh, did to my kids, I remember in an email his attorney saying, um, "We will immediately give your ex uh, full custody of the eldest child, 
and maybe they'll go into co-counseling together. And that's another thing, like the judge sent us to some kind of co-counseling. And this is a man who raped me. This mm-hmm. is a man who abused me, cursed me out in the delivery room minutes after the eldest one was born when the mm-hmm. uh, delivery team left. Um, he choked me when I was five months pregnant. So you can imagine what it would be like being in a room with him to do co-parenting with. Mm-hmm. So um, at any rate, um, the, 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 when the judge postponed the case for another year, um, that's what she required we do is go into co-parenting classes. And he was doing all kinds of things, trying to discredit me in my workplace. Um, I found that out, brought it up in the meeting. Um, he said, oh, somehow she saw my emails. He's, he's sometimes a, a real dilly because he sends emails out and he doesn't check where he's sending them out to. So um, at any rate, you know, those things did happen. And um, to have his attorney make this preordained decision, predestined decision, um, you and your daughter will go into co-counseling. That's if she ever comes back to your home. Mm-hmm. It, it was almost as if, you know, this was a preordained plan mm-hmm. to keep my daughter from me. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I think a lot of these things are planned out. These yeah. people must sit up at night, you know, yeah. for a couple of years thinking of mm-hmm. what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Because sure. I, as I th- told you earlier that my ex married a woman who worked in the courthouse, she was just a clerk. Mm-hmm. But I had heard that clerks have more power than the judge. Mm-hmm. They can, and, sure. you know, and when she had threatened me, and said, I know a lot of people in the courthouse, and I'm friends with all the judges, Mm -hmm. then I figured, I don't Mm -hmm. know what's coming down the pike, but it's probably not going to be good for me. Right, 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 right. And it's funny you say that, because, you know, with the best interest attorney, you know, she said, there's nothing I can do, my hands are tied, even when my daughter went to her and said, hey, the youngest one saying there's drugs, there's alcohol in the home, she said, it's nothing I can do. It's a parenting issue. It's nothing I can do. It's a parenting issue. How dare you be on this case? You're supposed to be caring, you know, on working here on behalf of the kids. And these are the remarks you're making. You know, mm. I still, and, and people who have also have encountered her, they say she's the devil. I don't mm. know how much of it. I don't know about so much about that, but I could tell you she was an enormous disservice mm-hmm. in the case involving my children. Oh, geez. And she was friendly with the judge as well. Yeah. It seems like they've all, and what I'm noticing with other interviews is that, you know, the judge and their these attorneys, they've all worked in the DA's department. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. all have been friends for years. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. all drink at the same watering hole mm-hmm. and golf mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I mentioned to you, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you in the last end of the last time I was in court for custody with my daughter, the the judge, the best interest attorney was head of the judge's reelection campaign. I go mm-hmm. online and I see it in a Facebook entry where she's a, the, the and she's friends with the best interest attorney who I uh, filed a grievance against because it, the best attorney I filed the grievance against, she was woefully unprofessional. She was 
I kid you not, in my face like this saying, Mm. you hate him, don't you? You hate him. And anyone who knows me knows I am not a kind of person who goes around hating people and doing cruel things. And it's Mm -hmm. just not who I am. So I told, I I filed the complaints that she was woefully, made me woefully uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. she went to, um, she was rubbing my, my ex on the, on the shoulder in one of Mm -hmm. the, um, one of the conferences and she hugged him. And I'm like, Uh what is this? So, but he's the kind of person who doesn't observe boundaries. He kisses women on the cheek and, but that's Mm -hmm. how he manipulates. He's he's extremely manipulative with women. Mm -hmm. So nonetheless, it's still not behavior you should engage. Mm -hmm. And when he was getting upset, she's rubbing his shoulder, say, calm down. It's going to be okay. I mean, gosh, what, you know, and that's another reason why I filed a complaint. I'm like, what is this? So it was quite interesting to say the least. Yeah, the things that you see are just bizarre. Mm-hmm. In that family court, absolutely. absolutely. And that's not even a, and it's not even a legitimate courtroom. No, it's a kangaroo court. Right. Absolutely. From what I've observed, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but some of law enforcement, not all of them, some of them were good, but some of them were very bad. Mm-hmm. They come to the home, they see you know, that there's an issue, a child saying, I don't want to go with my dad because there's drugs and alcohol and I'm being coerced. And they got to make her go anyway, take her out. And that's one thing I didn't know. No police officer is supposed to take your child who's underage off by themselves and talk to them ever. I didn't know that. I blindly Mm. thought they were doing the right thing. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's also an issue also like that with uh, CPS, they'll go oh, into yeah. school mm-hmm. and just interview the kid with no witnesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and then there's issues with all of them. And, and like sure. you said, you know, there's good cops and there's bad ones. What's that? Said, don't handcuff. We can't handcuff them because we need them. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You know, it's just because like in my situation, I had a nutty CPS caseworker come in my house Mm -hmm. and immediately started screaming at me Mm -hmm. after my parents had left with the younger one. Mm -hmm. And she was screaming, do you hate your ex more than you love your kids? I'm I'm thinking, okay, first of all, you're screaming at me. And bear in mind, I've been a nurse. I've worked in the ER where people are maybe screaming orders at you, but they're not screaming at you. Or I've worked on a psychiatric unit where people are swearing at you and yelling at you. So I would be used to that. (laughs) But I couldn't comprehend this nut saying, do you hate your X more than you. It's like, I couldn't even like, what are you saying? Exactly. I'm not exactly. Getting this. And that's what I had to deal with with the first best interest attorney. Same thing, same approach, same approach. Yes. Because when, it, when you said that uh, she came up to your face and was saying, yes. do you hate your ex? What the heck? Right. Um, you know, I, I really never hated the, the guy. Um, I've always actually, and I told the co-parent counselor this, I've always prayed for him because he really Mm -hmm. needs prayers. Sure. But 
the thing is, you know, um, you shouldn't have to co-parent with a nutcase. You can, it's like it's like dealing with a terrorist. If we yes, it, it, it is. It's like dealing with a terrorist. You can't right. negotiate with them. You can't make bargains with them. It's a Faustian bargain. And the thing also that was strange was, is my first attorney said, as we were walking to the courthouse, she said, the co-parent counselor said that your ex is volatile. It's like, yeah, well, I knew that. I mean, (laughs) is the judge going to know that? Right. (laughs) Right. I, I don't think the judge cared. Yeah, I think that there is an indifference in in that um, in the 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 it's a it's a very peculiar form of jurisprudence that's exercised in these family courts, and I think the judges are purveyors of and perpetuators of the abuse and other court actors as well, like CPS mm-hmm. and court, court um, the, the best interest attorney, or I, I think they're called GALs in some other places, guardian ad litems. Mm-hmm. They're problematic as well. And also the fact that we are coerced into paying them. Mm-hmm. Gee, I mean, mm-hmm. we, by law, we have to pay them. And we, we, in our side, requested that we not have one. You're coercing me. I, and I wonder if it's constitutionally okay, because isn't there something in the Constitution about excessive fines? Is that in the category of a fine? Or maybe? Yeah, yeah I, that I'm not sure. Right. I know that they That's- abolished debtor's prison in 1833, but they're still using that today. Oh, wow. Debtor's you know? prison. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, England does not use debtor's prison. Mm-hmm. If, if a parent cannot make child support payments, they right. don't put a parent in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But in America, where we have a lot of prisons, uh-huh. 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 that's how these judges exercise their power. Right, right, right. And mothers were trying to keep their children safe. I don't think that I was not in a place where I felt I wanted to take my kids and just disappear with them mm-hmm. because at one point I did contemplate that, but I knew, excuse me, what the implications would be mm-hmm. of that. So that's what caused me to just, you know, approach it sensibly, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, I will admit there was a time when I wished that there was a way that I could have done something like that, particularly when I saw the pictures he had taken of them nude in posing. Mm-hmm. He's sick at that time. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, I would like to see family court abolished yes. and taken down to civil court where you can have your jury, mm-hmm. preferably 12 instead of six, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and maybe things would be handled a lot fairer when there are video cameras and tamper proof mics. Yes. Yes. And I think people would, or these judges would uh, take court seriously. Right. I think right. Um, we, we've got to get rid of these bad players in family court. As Judge Judy said, it's a dumping ground for idiots. Judges. And it's funny. It's funny that you say that because even they say that even for the attorneys and who are family law attorneys, they say that it really doesn't take much to um, 
just to do that kind of law, to practice that kind of law, you just check off a box here, check off a box there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't take much um, to engage in, in, in that form of law. Um, no, it's... But yeah, I, I think that there needs to be some kind of guardrails in place. Mm-hmm. Where the best interest attorneys are concerned, and the and the, and the judges, no judge should be able to do what they did to my girls. Mm-hmm. None. And then my daughter, who always spoke up, the youngest one, she said, "Nothing is going to get done. My speaking up was worthless." Mm-hmm. And to hear her say that, it was just so painful. She said, "I'm never going to win at this. I should have never spoken up." Oh, yeah. So their sense, their moral compass, their sense of right and wrong is completely warped and distorted mm-hmm. on both ends, no, from the older one to the younger one. And also the, the trust, they've lost trust in judges, adults, they've lost adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the legal system, like who oh. hasn't, but, but for a younger person, you know, and that's the problem I'm having with one of mine mm-hmm. that has trust issues. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, everyone's racking their brain on how we fix mm-hmm. this family court system. And I think the only way to fix it is just to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, or just, yeah, I mean, across the board, I, you know, God forbid, as I told you, I'm just observing a slow moving tragedy of my children mm. dying a, a, an emotional and a um, spiritual death. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I count my blessings that my, uh, you know, that my um, conversation with you does not entail my children being murdered by their abusive dad. Mm-hmm. Although my ex did slam the younger daughter's head in a car door once when she, she was having a tantrum and he was just being uh, himself and he pulls her out and slams her head and you could hear it just her head knock against the door it was horrible how and old was she be, she was like a year and a half and she oh, used to no. have she used to have um headaches but no longer like she used to oh no but um you know and again, he got away with that because that was reported, got away with that. So, you know, when you report as the mom, you're looked upon as suspect to child protective services. But an outsider reports, they're good. They're pretty much, they're largely ignored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's another problem. Yeah. And then that leads to me always saying, I think CPS should be abolished. and with him pulling that kid out of the car and slamming her head up against the door, the police should have been notified, not a CPS caseworker that doesn't know their job anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the police would have been more effective than a CPS caseworker. Well, the CPS is, is supposed to call the police because when he squeezed the toddler's leg so hard that he bruised it simply because she's having a tantrum, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, you know, the police should have responded. I, I, it's my impression that Child Protective Services notifies the police on, under those conditions as well. 
But do you know for a fact that they indeed called or? I don't know. No, I do know that the evaluator called Child Mm -hmm. Protective Services, in my case, twice and called the police twice based Mm -hmm. on child sexual abuse, a suspicion, a strong suspicion, uh, and also knowledge of child, uh, child physical abuse and also knowledge of child neglect because they went into his home and his home looked like a crack house. And you're mean to tell me that the judge is going to allow girls to go in an environment like that? Mm. It was in deplorable conditions. Dog poo all over the carpet. Mm. It was horrific, the home. And they and, and the judge and the best interest attorney knew. And she mm-hmm. just, you know, said her hands are tied in the case. That's really sad uh, because I have a friend whose ex is an attorney and he's treating his kids the same way, mm-hmm. you know, a same filthy house, fleas in the house. It's like, you're an attorney for Pete's sake. You can hire a, a cleaning lady. Yeah. 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 And, you know, before that uh, evaluator left, she said, he must know someone. He must know someone. Mm-hmm. He, he does. So. And I guess him being on the attorney grievance board, there's some judges that will give some kind of deference because maybe that helps keep them elected or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or but, he's contributing uh, amounts to judge campaigns. Or maybe he's steering people to do it. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But again, that best interest attorney, if she's heading a judge's re-election campaign she should have never been on that case with that judge no that judge should have recused herself or the attorney should have recused herself himself and then the other attorney who um represented him in the beginning he knew all of our personal information uh, our personal affairs and things that were going on he should have never represented him mm. wow well, there's so much corruption all over um mm-hmm when it comes to that family court, there all seems to be, they all seem to be like magnetized to mm-hmm. the same core, the same corrupt core. Mm-hmm. Several of the actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always tell, told people, you know, follow your breadcrumbs, go on LinkedIn, look, look at the judge, look who's following the judge. You can find a lot of information out just out of LinkedIn. Oh, sure. It's really even Facebook, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's where I found information. In fact, the last time that I was in court with my ex, his girlfriend's bestie represented him. And she's an estate attorney. She's not even a a family law attorney, but his girlfriend's Mm. a family law attorney who was best friends with the person who was representing him. And Mm. now she's been admitted to the attorney grievance board. And I wonder how much my ex manage to manipulate to get her on the attorney grievance board because she tried to become a judge and there were complaints about her and they did not choose her to be a judge so I guess they gave her a carrot instead of a stick and the judge in the court of appeals court is the one who will admit her to the attorney grievance board and she's now on the attorney grievance board mm-hmm. yeah interesting very much so yeah, the collusion never ends in family court. Nope. Nope. Well, I don't want to tie up all evening because I could go on and on. <laughs> sure. I do want to mention um, a, uh, a book to you as well. 
um, called um, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind. Mm-hmm. And it's by Randy Fine. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yes. Oh, okay. yes. But Randy. She, yes. Randy and um, Randy's been sort of um, tangentially associated with our publication. So I'm, I'm planning to reach out to her. But she also has a book, as you know, about narcissism. Oh, yes. I'm glad she wrote that. Um, she interviewed me a long time ago. Um, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. And if you um, if you like, there's um, some articles about narcissistic abuse on our website. So if you go to www.focusonwomenmagazine.net, that would be helpful as well. Um, there are a number of articles about narcissistic abuse. Okay. I'm writing that down. I'll so put that in the... www.focusonwomenmagazine.net. Okay, great. How can people reach you if they have any questions for you? Um, They can call me um, at um, our office number, which is 410-630-1224. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'd like to have you back on. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. And I can talk about the legislation that um, we were involved in and there's some other coming down the pike as well. So I'll talk to you um, at another time uh, about that as well. But it's yeah, we, about protecting children. Yes, that would be great. That would be great. Well, hey, um, don't jump off. Mm-hmm. Sl- slam the gallows of podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Jocelyn Wolf in the future and other exciting guests. Thank you again, Jocelyn. Oh, you are so welcome. It's been a pr- privilege and a pleasure to be here. Oh, you same here. Privilege and pleasure. I totally appreciate you. You too. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye-bye.